Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And J.U. Uh, <laughs> no Ian today. We record the same day, so he has the same flu we mentioned last time. But today we're going to do our Halloween horror films for cowards. Uh, because we don't like scary movies here nope. at Real Phonies. And I'm sure there are some of you out there who don't like them either. Well, I mean, the, the origins of this, I think, is similar to our, our last week's episode, which is maybe this is a maturing, a recognizing of our limitations, because we were talking about, as suggested by a friend of the show, Regina, doing uh, Wes Craven versus John Carpenter. And we just started to realize, particularly with Wes Craven, we just hadn't watched a lot of those movies because we're giant wussies. Yeah. I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, and I've seen the Scream movies. Right. I don't know of anything else Wes Craven's done that I've I'm, seen. I mean, definitely, like, People Under the Stairs. I mean, not, not People Under the Stairs is great. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes and uh, Last House on the Left are exactly the kind of horror I don't like, which is yeah. just really mean-spirited sort of... I've only seen the remakes. Right. Yeah, right. I never saw the originals, right. so... And, and through that discussion, though, we realized, yeah, we're not big fans of horror movies, so we're just picking out ones that we think if you also don't like horror movies... You probably would enjoy. Right. That's the hope. They're they're kind of uh, genre-bending in some cases, and in other cases, they're just, you know, mild for wusses. Well, because I, I know me, personally, I don't particularly enjoy the sensation of being scared. Like, I know there's supposed to be a catharsis to it, but to me, for it to be, uh, for there to be a catharsis, you know, uh, somebody has to get away at the end. The mm-hmm. bad guy has to be definitively defeated. So, uh I think a lot of these movies are like that. Yeah. I think I do enjoy horror movies, but the vast majority of them just aren't good movies. That That's also true. Uh, I've, I used to say that horror movies, when I was working in a video store, horror movies are for dumb people. And I'm not saying that everyone who loves horror movies are dumb. I'm saying everyone that's dumb loves horror movies. Yeah, you I know? would agree with that. <laughs> you, can, you can be smart and still enjoy this a genre, but if you're dumb, you love this genre. There was, I remember there was, uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but there's a horror movie about a killer tooth fairy. Darkness Falls. Yes. And Good pull. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm talking about when I say I don't enjoy this. Like, I, I will sit through it. Right. And be like, well, that was a complete waste of That shit was so popular. <laughs> Dude, crazy. It was 2006 and we didn't know better. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, I, I think we have a pretty good list here of films that I think everyone can enjoy. Mm. Most of them still carry an R ratings, and there's blood and guts and scares and stuff in it, but there's also quality. Oh, yeah. I, I like to think that these movies are not just, like, scares for scares' sake. They, like, they use that element, but there's also, they're either also good movies or they have other genres kind of wedged in there with mm. them. I don't want to toot our horn too much about this. We like them because they're really not all that scary. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. We're still cowards. <laughs> absolutely. So we want to get going on them? Sure. Uh, well, if we want to talk about uh, genre redefining things, I, I guess we should talk about the one that started it, but I'm not going to. We're going to start with Scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're starting at the other end. At the That's beginning. correct. Um, you know, I, I, I think I've said before on this, uh, on this podcast that the thing I love about this movie is it's a parody of a horror film, and it's a great horror yep, film. Yep. It's really scary, but it also makes fun of horror movies in general. We have a couple like that on our list. Yeah. And uh, this is, I think, probably 
At least in my memory, the first one that really does right. it. At the very least, it does it really well. It is. It is also one of the ones that was. I feel like most deceptive to people probably going into the theater not having heard anything because I remember the trailer played more comedically than I think the movie right. actually came out to be. Well, and also the promo stuff in it really leads you to believe that Drew Barrymore is a star in it, not yeah. that she dies in the first five minutes. I've watched that Drew Barrymore scene so many freaking times. It's legitimately horrifying. Yeah, you it's know? great. And she's fantastic. Yeah, she it? really is. Oh. I, that was one of those that, you know, I don't usually like when something follows me home, but that definitely followed me yep. home, you know. Um, and, you know, it, this also might be the first movie I can think of that the term meta might really yep. apply to that I watch because it's so much about people who watch horror movies and talk about horror movies inside of a horror movie. Yep. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, it has good scares. Like we're talking about that opening bit with Drew Barrymore is scary. Um, but it's also very funny. Mm. Um, and again, that, that meta quality that you talk about, it enables good discussion. Like it, it encourages you to talk about horror movies and some of the tropes in horror movies and horror movie people. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I really, and I think the sequels aren't great, uh, but I have watched them all at least once, some a couple of times, and I've enjoyed myself. I, I'll, I'll say this, uh, if you're someone who really doesn't enjoy horror, but you want to watch a horror movie, Scream 2's the fucking jam, because it's not scary at all. Yeah. Even slightly, but it's fucking hilarious. And anything that gives Laurie Metcalf some play, some play, I'm down with. Have you watched the show? I haven't watched the show. Yeah, I heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, I heard it was good. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to transition from that, from probably the slasher film that originated slasher films, the original Halloween. Now, this one's on the list, honestly, probably because it was scary at the time, and it's it's just glacially paced and seems like way outdated at this point. Right. But it, it is, it's kind of the originator of all the uh, all the tropes that Scream is making yeah. fun of. All the jokes from Scream are definitely about what the slasher genre that was inspired by yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I love the original Halloween. I do too. I think it holds up to this day. Uh, I, I, it's probably was scarier when it came out. For it's, sure. It, it's not really super scary now, but... Well, I mean, it, it's, not as, it's not as much just kind of... Uh, I don't know. It, it it is somewhat jump scary, but not nearly to the degree that it it came to in like the right. later years. Like a lot of it is like this this constant pursuit that's frightening. Yeah. Uh, what what well, I love about it is it feels very real. It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. If, if it, there was a murder stalker dude trying to break into your house and kill you, I feel like that's her emotions and what she does are all very accurate. Mm. Also, I think, again, going with the premise, if you're someone who doesn't really get into being scared, I think that slasher movies are are, are the way to go because they're a very controlled scare. Like, you know, yeah. like if you say something like, like I, when we were still talking about doing uh, uh, Wes Craven, I was thinking about The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left. Early in his career, Wes Craven was basically one of the requirements if he would cast you is that you had to be able to cry on the spot. Mm. I don't like horror movies, the like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type thing like that, where it's like, you know, where you're trapped and it's hopeless and you're begging for mercy. Movies like this where there's a bad guy walking up around you and you totally have a chance to get away from it and you don't. I, I guess I like a horror movie that has sport to it more, and, more <laughs> and this has sport. Like you can totally get away with Michael from Michael Myers, and when you get stabbed by him, it's kind of your fault. Yeah, 
I think this is a really good introduction as to why people like slasher movies. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of slasher movies. I mean, again, it kicked, it kicked off a I, genre itself. I agree. I'm saying Scream, you kind of need to be familiar with the genre already right, to get yeah. all the jokes in Scream. And as classic as Jason Voorhees is, that original Friday the 13th, he's not the villain of that right. movie, really. And I just think the original Halloween's a better movie. Yeah, like, I do, you watch too. it, and you it, it just it's just more enjoyable and then, you know, we talk a lot about 90s nostalgia on here, and a lot of 90s nostalgia was referencing, like, 70s nostalgia. And in the late 90s, slasher films really came back in the early 90s. I mean, movies like, what is that, Prom Night? What's the stupid movie where, I think it's what it's called. It's like one of the slash. again, that stuff is, like, fun and goofy and ridiculous. Right. And we, I know we, what you did last summer. I know what you did last yeah. summer. We would not get those movies if it weren't for Halloween. Right. And you get why. None of them capture the magic of it. But. Right. Um, and then I think you also wanted to talk about the newest Halloween. Well, so so there, have been, there have been many iterations of the Halloween movie since the original. The third reboot. Well, right? because or this second is, reboot. But. This is the... Yeah, I mean, trying to talk about what exactly is the reboots and what are... <laughs> yeah. Like, Halloween fair. has the most confusing continuity, continuity yeah. of anything. But I like this one because it most goes back to the roots of he's just a guy in the mask. He There's yep. no supernatural element. There's definitely a thing of if you wanted to get away from this dude, you could get away from this dude. And, you know, it's it's a good movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it. Uh, you know, again, as a total horror movie wuss, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I haven't seen it yet. I want to. I didn't mind the first reboot, the the first hot Rob Zombie movie. Mm. I thought it was pretty I, fun. I think too. that one's good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's again not as good as the original, and I'm thankful that we kind of went back to right. uh, you know what they're doing with the new uh, the new stuff. But that movie's not bad. I don't know that I would recommend it for wusses though. I mean, it definitely has some more like real scares in it. Yeah, it's more violent yeah. for sure. Plus, that dude is a giant. In that movie, right, right, right. Well, and and like Rob Zombie likes gore a lot, yeah. whereas the the two we just talked about are not really that gory. Yeah, mm. but not all horror has to be just straight horror and chopping people up. Some of it can be set in space. You know, one of the ones that is probably still pretty scary, uh, the original Alien. We're not going to recommend that one. We're going to recommend the sequel, <laughs> which is Aliens. Right. Which, I think, which. I think- is much more actiony than I think people remember it being. The, that's the important distinction to make. The original Alien was meant to be haunted house in space, mm-hmm. right. and that's what it is. Silent killer, you can't see, you never know where it is, just murdering people. It also famously has the chest burster scene, which mm-hmm. will scar you the rest of right. your life. So apparently, uh, in the original filming for that, none of the actors knew like what exactly was oh, going to happen. Um, like they knew something was supposed to happen. To uh, which what character is that? It's John Hurt's character, yeah. right? Um, but they didn't know what, and so when the actual chess versus thing happened, that's like the genu- genuine reaction, and you can fucking tell <laughs> it. It is like it is a real like horror in their face. It's great. It's a great Alien scene. is top three movie for me. I fucking love it. You know when we when we talked about. And I think we're going to talk about it again in this, but when we talked about The Shining in the Stephen King episode, I had a story about encountering it on cable and not knowing what it was. And I actually have a story about that with Halloween, too. But with Aliens, it was particularly scarring because I loved Star Wars so much Mm -hmm. and space felt safe. So I was watching this space movie and I came in in the middle of it. 
and the chest burst scene happened, and that shit fucked me up. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't right for months <laughs> after that. See, I, Alien is a great movie, and I know a lot of people prefer Aliens. I still think the original Alien is the mm. superior film. Right. But Aliens is a better introduction into space horror. Right. Sure. Because it's a fun action movie. It right. is, yeah. Uh, the cast, Michael Bean, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking awesome in that movie. Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, Not Paul Rudd. Paul. Uh, Paul yeah, uh, yeah. I know you're what's his name? Paul. Yeah. What's his name? I can't think of Paul Reiser. Yes. Yeah, Paul Reiser is great. I just... Fun cast, you know. People get a little annoying, you know. Space Marines whining, oh, but, but that, that, see, no, that's, that's what makes the best it better. Part. Yeah. Fucking, uh, what's his name? Bill Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, Bill Paxton. Know, it's just over, man. Yeah. That's that's the shit. It's fun. It's a good time. Mm. And Sigourney Weaver is a fucking badass. Yep. Mm. No, I mean it hasn't it hasn't fully you know gotten gotten rid of the horror elements to it, uh, but it's definitely not nearly as scary. It's definitely not going for nearly as many scares. Right. Yeah. Whereas in the first one. One monster was, you know, enough to take down an entire crew. In this one, mm. they're just mowing them down. Yeah, how lucky are they to get like those cast back right. to back? Those casts in each of those movies are incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. But speaking of more sci-fi horror, a movie that a lot of people probably don't associate as being a horror movie, but definitely is the original Terminator. Yeah, agreed. Which is the reverse of Aliens. Yeah, well, I mean they're no. both about similar, and they start yeah. horror but go more action, but. I mean, definitely it was rated R and it was scary. And I can remember we talked about this on our villain show about how the 80s was the decade where rated R movies were marketed to children. And this was 100% that. You know, it's a robot. There's laser sighting. You think as a kid you want to see this. And it's fucking scary trying to watch these people get away from it. I mean, it has a lot of some of those horror tropes we talk about, silent killer and things uh-huh. like that. I mean, he just he just slowly stalks them. Right. And, but this, and, this one is a literal machine without feelings. Yep. Right. And just mowing people down it's, and it's, do it. Yeah, his job is just to terminate you. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a scary concept, and the movie's pretty scary, and we remember it for the action set pieces, but I think, honestly, people remember they're, they're more mixing up two and one right. than they actually are remembering one on its own. Yeah. Like, the second one's not scary at all. It's just no. all action. But the first one, it legitimate has some jumps and, you know, has a sort of bleak hopelessness about yep. it that you associate with horror. Artificial intelligence is scary no right, matter what is. we do. Yep. But going along with the genre, a more recent entry, just from a couple of years ago, John Krasinski and his wife, Emily Blunt's movie, A Quiet Place. Yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was excellent. PG-13? Is it PG-13? I, I guess. So. I guess there's not a lot of graphic things, or yep. there are definitely things off screen that are like, oh... <laughs> I mean, that's one thing that's really changed about horror is used to, you know, there was the rated R and you weren't supposed to admit anyone under 17 and absolutely nobody enforced that shit. Then Columbine happened and then rated R became important. And that's when movies like this started like, well, if we're going to get kids into theater to see this, we're going to have to make it a PG-13. And I think it functions fine without the gore. It doesn't, yeah. it, it literally loses nothing in right. this movie. And I think one of the advantages that this movie has is a lot of the horror moments are like emotional horror. Like right. You never see that little boy get eaten, which is maybe say, I remember there was an alien movie, alien versus predator. One of them where a kid had a chest burster scene mm-hmm. in it. And, uh, that's stupid. Right. I don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah. But to see a, 
kid get taken by this alien and I don't need to know what happens. Or I don't need to see what happens because I know what happens. Right. That's still gut wrenching and, and right. Awful. And, and and I mean that's that's kind of the beauty of this movie is it is it is a sci fi it is a horror but it's mostly like it's the story of this family just trying to survive and you know I I think it would be an interesting story regardless of the circumstance. Yeah. But, um. But yeah. No. I mean you you've introduced this sci fi and this horror element of these unstoppable auditory killers yeah. out there. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. It's not there again, there are some jumps, but it's really not that scary. No. Um, it, it's more suspenseful because you're experiencing it the same way that the, the characters are experiencing it is that you can both see the same things, yep. but you're just trying, hoping really hard that nothing makes a sound or they'll die. <laughs> um, actually the scariest, the scariest, scary moment in this movie, me and Sarah watched it way after it came out. So we had wa- we were watching it like on Blu-ray and stuff like that, and we both were just freaking out when she was about to step on the nail. Yeah, like when she's about to step on the nail, it's like, no, don't step on the fucking nail. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that part is actually pretty rough to watch. Yeah, because I mean, a, you know, she's gonna make a noise that yeah. attracts the thing, but also, if you've ever stepped on a nail, that shit fucking hurts. Yeah, and you think you the shot is even like her foot coming off the nail too? Yeah, yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. It's a good movie. And, and I, I think it was uh, scarier for us at home. I, what I, the point I was trying to make with that is we were living in the trailer at the time, and Milton, and Milton is just a way more stepping on a nail yeah. area. <laughs> so, you know. It, it felt very real. Yeah, it felt, the, it the felt like something that could happen yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy A Quiet Place. And uh, again, it's, it's fairly tame. All the characters are super interesting and likable, and it's a good time. Yeah, but speaking of, of genres you might not expect, you can actually mix horror and comedy pretty well. I think uh, a, a good example is one of your favorite movies, Christian, Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters, again, Aliens Top 3, Ghostbusters right up there with it. Ghostbusters is really great. I mean, all those guys are funny, Yeah, but that movie's not set out to be a comedy. Like, the main driving point of that movie is four guys fighting paranormal right. entities. And there's some creepy-ass shit in this And there's movie. creepy shit in it. At one point, Sigourney Weaver turns into a dog. <laughs> a demon dog that brings apart or brings upon the Behringer of Death. I mean, like, it's just like, again, they're all funny and that keeps it lighthearted, but there's creepy, weird stuff in it. For sure. It's a fun movie. Well, because Dan Aykroyd was obsessed with the occult and things like that at the time, and so it really sprung not from him being a comedian, but from him being interested in that stuff. Yeah, I I love Ghostbusters. Um, The sequels don't really hold up, but I I don't know why people wouldn't love that movie. And and, and it is a good introduction to... To horror because it doesn't feel horror watching. You get to the end of it and you're you you do not realize some of the stuff you just watched mm-hmm, because right. you were laughing while it was going right. on. For sure. Um and another movie that came out, similar era, uh Gremlins. I mean, Gremlins is part of why we invented the PG thirteen rating. It would be that I and, thought it was the big reason we invented the PG thirteen. Well, there were rating. I mean, it, it would be that and it was parts the, of Virtual. It was the, the straw Jedi. that broke the camel back. You and gotta, definitely Temple of Doom. Temple yeah. of Doom was a big part of that too. But is Temple of Doom rated PG? Pimbloom is rated PG, yeah. Dude rips a heart out of it. Yeah, beating I heart know, out of right? his chest. Well, in this, you know, like there's people, there's like creatures in blenders and shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, I fucking love this movie. Like I, I watched it so many times as a kid, and definitely if you're a kid, it's a scary movie. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those things where 
There's things of it. it. It's comedy when you're a kid, but there's also things about it that are hilarious as an adult when yeah. you weren't a kid. Phoebe Kate's uh, monologue about her, her her parents dying is not funny at all when you're a kid. No. You watch it now, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you know, uh, I yeah, I love this movie. Uh, it's uh, when I was a kid, actually, it wasn't even the scary parts of horror that got to me. It was gore because I had yeah. a super weak stomach. As a kid, anything could make me throw up. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but one time someone made me throw up by stepping on an orange. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the bus stop at school. He put an orange down on the ground, and he just this like choo-choo walk that he was going to stomp on the orange. And I was like, I was freaked out by it or something. When it squished, I th- it was also in red clay. I think that made it grosser. But I threw up. My point is, gore really freaked me out as a kid. You could scare the shit out of me just by owning a Fangoria magazine. So uh, this movie, I shouldn't have loved, but I did. I would say, I haven't watched it in a long time. But it's directed by Chris Columbus, right? Right. Uh it's he had this like weird because even Goonies has some like horror elements mm-hmm, right. like and so this like horror family movie for stick sure he I mean, was in I mean was I, really I, interesting. I do kind of appreciate that because I, I like the idea that uh, of like I think kids can enjoy and like appreciate yeah. scary things I think we we've kind of I mean uh, goosebumps are you afraid yeah, of the dark we, all that we, we shied away that. from that yeah. but I mean I I think that those elements are part of what make the Goonies and Gremlins and those kind of things like memorable when yeah. you watch them as a kid because they really like they impacted you and then they're part of a larger story so yeah I, I think that's uh it is odd yeah. looking at it now but it's well, also what makes them memorable Steven Steven Spielberg was a producer on it mm-hmm. and uh it, do you guys know what his big contribution was to it what in the original script uh, Gizmo and Spike were the same character. Mm. Uh, there was no Mogwai mm-hmm. who stayed good. And he came in and he was basically being Steven Spielberg. It's like, one of these guys shouldn't turn into a gremlin. There should be somebody that we can sell some toys of after it's over. <laughs> and and that, honestly, that makes the movie. Yeah. If all of them had turned into uh, gremlins. gremlins as a kid, I wouldn't have loved this movie. This yeah. Time. I mean, we don't really have any Spielberg movies on our list, but his early stuff is great examples of fucking... You know, totally what should be on here is Poltergeist. Poltergeist, Poltergeist is, is yeah. like the patron saint Dude, of Dude, it's, I would say, you know, this is for cowards. I haven't watched Poltergeist as an adult. I watched it as a 12-year-old mm-hmm. kid, and it scared the shit out of yeah. me. I didn't sleep for three days. No, totally. Poltergeist was terrifying. I think Close Encounters of a Third Kind is scary. Yeah. You know? um, I, also a story from my childhood, after watching Poltergeist for the first time, I was spending the night at my cousin Chris's house, who was younger than me, by the way. And he got up in the middle of the night and turned on the TV and started doing the yeah. there here bit. Fuck that kid. <laughs> they were scaring the shit out of me when I was two years older than yeah, him. That's funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, Poltergeist is really great. And it has some legitimately scary behind the scenes shit in it. Yeah. Because uh, they used real dead bodies because it was cheaper than uh, than fake ones. Holy shit! The, the shit in the pool at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's why people think that it's cursed, and why they yeah. think all the people associated who've died I from died it yeah. is because they literally unearthed dead bodies to make the fucking movie. It's it's if you haven't looked up, spend fifteen minutes on the I internet. haven't, but I'm going to yes. after this episode. There's crazy shit about the poltergeist behind the scenes. Like it, ladders falling on people and shit. Weird everybody's it's, dead. It's actually one of the movies that it's better to read the trivia before you watch the movie, because it'll make the movie scary. Yeah. Interesting. 
Uh, well, I wanted to go back to uh, your talk about being uh, averse to gore movies because that's an odd choice. I think you've added this to the list. Uh, probably the franchise that took the hardest turn from straight horror to probably comedy, Evil Dead 2. Yes. Because that first movie is a gore fest. Right, it is. And really, the second one is also, but is it done in a comedic way. It well, definitely I mean, becomes goofier. He, I mean, the, the, the story is, is afterwards, Sam Raimi realized the first one was ridiculous. And he was like, well, let's just make that same fucking movie again as, <laughs> as a comedy. Yep. And it fucking lands really well. It's one of the most fun movies ever. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. Um, and the remake of this movie... Actually, it's not terrible. Right. Uh, I I did. I of the original Evil Dead. Yeah, the original Evil Dead. I mean, it's also scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's also scary. But I'm as remakes go. Yeah, right. it's I a good remake. I yeah. didn't hate it. Um, and God, how fun is Bruce Campbell just in everything? <laughs> yeah, dude, Bruce Campbell is so fucking great at this. I know Bruce Campbell got a lot of play out of this, but I think he should have gotten more. <laughs> like he was so fucking great. At yeah, this. one person who discovered his shtick and never like tried to turn away from right. it. He realized this is what I do. I'm gonna be Ash in everything. Yeah. And fuck, that's great. And Keep Sa- doing. And it. Sam Raimi's happy to have him in yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I really want to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead. I believe it's on Netflix now. Uh, I haven't checked it out yet, but um, if, it's, if it's 10% of what the original Evil Dead is. It's either on Netflix or Hulu 1. And yeah. I, I, I've watched like the first couple episodes and really liked it and don't know why I didn't finish it. Yeah. We have another Sam Raimi movie. We do? Well, Drag Me to Hell is... Oh, that's right, it is. Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. So I, also, I, also a kind of a comedy. This, this is so... You know, I think I think the biggest knock against a lot of horror movies, particularly like your traditional like Halloween low yeah. budget slashery kind of things, is that they're all gore and gross out stuff, and there's no like actual content in there. Right. I like that Sam Raimi looked at that criticism as like, let's double down on it. That's what this movie is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of great for it. The uh, the great thing about Drag Me to Hell is, and maybe I'm remembering the song. The trailers play it serious. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. For sure. Uh, it plays it like a pretty legitimate horror film. And I feel like the actors portray that, that they're right. legitimately scared. Right. But you watching it realize it's just a series of gags yeah. right, that are really fucking they're, funny. It's ridiculous. But yep. I mean, they still, they still hit you with a fair amount of jump scares and gross things. But it's like... It is. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a fun movie. It almost seemed like it was after the Spider-Man movies. He was like, I want to make sure you know I'm still this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It definitely feels like the same guy who made Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, And uh, if that was his goal, mission accomplished. Right. Also successfully has a young woman murder a cat for laughs. Yeah. And it plays pretty yeah, well. <laughs> a talking goat, which is funny. Right. Uh, and as we said before we started recording, one of my favorite bits is, she doesn't win. Yeah. She does not get away. She does, in fact, get dragged to hell yeah. at the end of this movie. Spoilers, if you haven't right. seen it, it's also the fucking name. Yep. <laughs> And then the logo pops up. Drag me to hell. God, it's so it's so good. I yeah. love that so much. Uh, but you know, uh, similar time period. If we're going to talk about uh, kind of mixed genre things, this is kind of our modern scream. I feel like what's his name? Drew Goddard's yep. uh, Cabin in the Woods, which is a, a, a direct shot at Evil Dead and all the cabins in the woods movies right. in a fun, loving way. Where it, it's like it, it is the genre again. It it's, right. it is a pretty good horror movie. For about two thirds of it, well, it 
takes an idea that kind of comes from, I think, the really shitty uh, uh, horror movie, uh, Halloween movies, uh, I think four, four, five, and six, which was that Michael Myers has to kill all these people to save the world. That's actually the premise of this thing. That, like, yep. these teenagers have to get killed to save the world. Mm. Uh, it's a great movie, and it, it is very similar to Scream that it has a lot of to say about horror movies and Agreed. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, I think this movie is good for people who maybe aren't exposed to horror as much because uh, the scares aren't really that serious. No, they're not. Um, there is there is a bit that's super fucking gory, but. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of funny at the same time. Right, it's really over top to the point yeah. where it's not gory at all. But what I love about it, and what I think it can do for a mindset, is it introduces this idea almost like you were talking about. They're saving the world by doing this, and it's all real. It's they're all connected. Right, uh, they all exist in the same universe. Like Hellraiser, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Halloween, Jason Voorhees, all are part of this thing. That's just somebody's shitty government job. Yes, and that's a really like funny concept yeah, yeah. for to introduce and to even view these films. Right, like, you can watch this movie, and then yeah, Hellraiser is a great example because it's very clear nod to Hellraiser in right. this movie. You go back and watch a Hellraiser movie and look at it through the lens of Cabin <laughs> in the Woods. Right, it changes your per- perception of <laughs> right. that. Yeah. Uh, I I love this movie. Joss Whedon, I believe, wrote it. Him and Drew Goddard did yeah. together, yeah. and uh, it's good times. It's a it's a fun movie, and yeah, the the, the last great third, cast too. Yeah. The last third of it just kind of goes off the rails. It is a completely separate movie. Right. And, uh, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, I enjoy that movie. Better than Transformers. So, to a movie that probably gets misrepresented as more of a horror-y horror movie than it actually is, uh, the original Saw film. This is, Now, to be fair, all of the sequels to these movies are liked by all of the people that Jason indicated earlier right. earlier in this podcast. Every 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 movie after this movie is everything I hate about horror, but this is a legit good movie. Yeah, I love the first Saw movie. It's a it's a strong murder mystery yeah. movie. Uh and and you really don't see the the thing about the sequels is it's people in the middle of Jigsaw's games. And while that is a part of this movie, it's only one game, and it's only two people. Right. The other characters in this movie are detectives trying to track down Jigsaw. And so there's a whole other element besides, how do I solve this puzzle and not die? And that's what makes it a way more interesting movie than the sequels are. Well, and also, this one has, like, good actors yeah. in it. Later, they do not. Yeah. <laughs> Later, you Danny know, Glover, right? Is he in Danny the Danny Glover's in it, Carrie Owens, Yeah. You know? They're the only two I remember, but those are big people. Right. Great twist at the end of the film. Right. And, uh, I mean, I don't I enjoy this movie. And a lot of the gross bits, again, you're not watching people die in the moment. You're you're seeing the scene of the crime after. Right. And, and, I don't know, it's interesting. The second one, I believe it's the second one, has a scene with a bunch of, a pit of needles that still, uh, it gives me chills yep. just mm-hmm. thinking about it. That's they, the last one I watched with Saw 2. They've made several Saw video games, I think. I think really? Yeah. I'm, I know there's one where you have to crawl through the needles. Oh, in the, oh. Well, She does it in the movie. They have yeah, to, no, I know. Yeah. I, I just, I, like, you have to force your character. Anyway. So I think we're going to end on probably the horror movies that have achieved the most prestige despite being a horror movie, which is almost as bad as being a comedy in Hollywood right. if you want to win an Oscar. The first of which... Probably the best of them. Whoa, I can't think of the fucking director's name. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's. Kubrick? Kubrick? Kubrick. Kubrick's 
uh, The Shining, which we've talked about before on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got a similar kind of vibe. So this is, it's about a family who, who goes to uh, essentially house-sit uh, a hotel during the off-season. It's basically a cabin in the woods. It is a cabin yeah. in the woods, except Sorry. for the, the bad guy is in the family yeah. <laughs> and the hotel. <laughs> but uh, kind of like Halloween, uh, what we talked about earlier, and that what makes it scare- so scary is that it feels like something that could happen yes. and right. can happen and might happen. It's, it's very much about uh, Danny Torrance, who's the father, right. kind of his descent into madness, helped along by the mysterious things that work in the yeah, supernatural yeah. presence in the hotel. I mean, it, there are some genuinely scary moments in this movie. I mean, that's the thing. This is one of the ones that it's actually not for Carrie's scary, cowards. It's scary as fuck. But it's but really you good. you watch it because it's an excellent movie. Yeah. We talk about, like, mixing of genres. It's a straight horror movie, but it's a horror movie that's, like, a character study. You know, yeah, like, right. it's a descent, the Descent to Manus is great. And certainly in the 70s, Jack Nicholson reigned supreme yeah. on that genre. Right, right. Um, and it's it's just fucking cool. Mm-hmm. The music's cool. The setting is cool. I mean, everything about the creepy hotel is really yeah. cool. Yeah. The the bar scene is is just dope. If, if you're considering not being scared of something, Shelley Duvall will talk you into it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, the performance in this movie She's are excellent. Too. Phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Did this one win Oscars? I don't know, but don't it should have. But I well, mean, it's it's made by someone who, if you're having a discussion about greatest directors of all time, this guy is in. It. For yeah. sure. You know. Well, I, I, I say that to bring us to our next one, which won all the Oscars. It was probably the only one in recent memory that won a bunch of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. The story, well, it's really the story of Clarice Starling. Right. The, the rising FBI agent who's, uh, is she FBI? Yeah, yeah, she's FBI. Who gets recruited to track down a, uh, a pretty grisly serial killer that's on the loose and has to collaborate with other captured serial killer uh, and cannibal, Hannibal Lecter, to, uh, to track him down. Uh, you know, it's funny because like, we talked about this in our Villains episode. People remember Hannibal Lecter as being the villain in this movie. He's not the villain of this no. movie at all. He helps catch the villain. I know. Right? In many ways, just men in general are the villain of yes, this movie. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, I do think he has some of the creepiest scenes, though. For Just sure. His presence, you know, the way he says things, that, and of course, being a cannibal and talking that, about that eating That first people. scene where Clarice is coming down the stairs into the into the prison and walking yeah. by the other cells of the other fucking... It's great. Every, yeah. like, it, it, and one of the beauties of, of this movie, uh, we talk about, you know, I said somewhat in jest that the movie is about men are the villains, but one of the things that makes that true is it's so much from Clarice's perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, any any situation where she feels like, you know, pressed or aggressed upon or, or like closed in, like you feel it too. And that's what makes this movie so scary to me. I mean, there are like like genuinely gruesome and fucked up shit in this movie, but I don't think they would play as much on their own if you didn't see them so much from yeah. her perspective. Well, and I think also a, a thing with her in it is that usually in these type movies, that character is played as someone who's fascinated by serial killers. Yeah. And she's not at, at all. Like, no. She doesn't want to get to know Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. She has to. Yeah. To catch this other serial killer. Cool designs, too. Yeah. The straight jacket with the mask. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the like, library with I mean, the cell and yeah, all but, that no, shit's I mean, cool. the, the, the original way the cell, yeah. like, the first cell, the, the cell in the, in the courthouse that makes no fucking sense yeah. at all. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I mean, look, this is, like, 
arguably my favorite movie. So yeah. I, oh, right I, I love it. Um, but I honestly don't think this one's scary. I understand that it might be like... It's like a suspense thriller. Yeah, it, it might be like visually a little traumatic at parts. <laughs> and like you talked about, it actually may be scarier for women than it is for men. Because, for sure, yeah. Well, I think when she's in the house at the end, that shit's scary. That shit is yeah. super scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, oh, such a good movie. Uh, but yeah, no, for at least for the last two... Even if you are a coward, this is this. Is, if you're gonna be brave for one or two times, right. these are the times. Yep, agreed. But does anybody have any any other ones that we want? The only one we kind of discussed was the thing, and again, it's a highly celebrated, touted movie. It it's the same as these. It's it's not for cowards, but you should force yourself to watch it because it's it's a great fucking movie. It's it is a phenomenal film. Um, but I think of all the ones we talked about, in my opinion, this one is the scariest. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it mixes some genres, um, and we're talking about things that scare us. I have two big fears. People's brains and computers, I don't know why it freaks me out, and body horror. Right. And this is the definition <laughs> of This body is the horror. most body horror body horror. It's this and then the fly. Yeah. Like one and yeah. two. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, you know, I forced myself to watch it a yeah. few times because it's just that enjoyable um, on its own as a film. And it's similar to Aliens that it has a really good cast yep. that uh, make good of being, you know, trapped in this sort of bottle show and stuff. But yeah, I highly recommend it. It, it, it's, it fits in with these with these last few that we talked about again because it's not... It's, it's not, not for, for cowards, cowards at all. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's rough in spots. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it's highly worth watching. Don't watch the prequels. I think there's a remake, too. Don't watch those. Well, the thing is, the remake is a prequel, but you don't know till yeah. the very end that it's Good a point. prequel. Horror movies for cowards. Horror movies for cowards. We hope you, we have guided you through a uh, an uncomfortable date night with some something that will make both you and your horror-loving date happy. Again, we talk about our dislike for horror movies, and I realize we created this list. I fucking love every one of these movies. We I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, the whole time I'm like, I should go home and watch this movie. I should go home and watch this movie. Like all of them. It's are the great. right time of year. That's true, but I have children under five and a wife who really hates horror yeah. movies. Yeah, put it on the thing with your kids in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. They'll, they'll remember that one, I promise. <laughs> First memory. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Well, I think that's it for our horror movies. What have we been watching? I'll go first because I didn't watch much. I Everything I started last week, I did not continue this week. I was super busy, and uh, every time I had a free moment, for some reason, I just decided I'd rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation. So uh, I casually found about 20 free hours because I watched the entire first season of Star Trek. <laughs> and... Uh, Normally, I'm like a season two, season three guy where it really starts to pick up for me. But I don't know. It's just hitting different this time. Riker's line about blondes and jazz may be my favorite line in the entire show. Right. Um, it, it just, I don't know. I love that show a lot. I've rewatched Next Generation several times. And I'm probably going to finish rewatching it this time. Like, it just, it's a good time to me. The, uh, better than Transformers. The other thing I watched, and I've talked at length about how I had a baby in July and did not get to go to the theater, I finally watched The New Lion King. All right. Um, I'm going to start with the negative, which <laughs> is, first, that movie does not need to exist. Right. It does not add anything to the original. Number two, the movie's really divided in two parts, where Simba is the main character, but Mufasa's number two in the first half, and Nala's the number two in the second half. I dislike all three of those characters in this movie. <laughs> you know, Ian talks a lot about Kid Simba being a dick. 
I don't feel like he's any more of a dick than he is in the in yeah, the, in similar the anime. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that one line to Scar is. I can't remember exactly what it yeah. is, but you know, essentially like one day I'll rule over you. Kind yeah. of it's just like, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. That that I, I agree, but the everything else is kind of in line. With yeah, no. Otherwise, he. I mean, he is kind of a, a brat. <laughs> well, and that that plays into Scar's plan so well, yeah. being super egotistical. He would think that is his fault because he mm-hmm. thinks the world revolves around him. Right, Mufasa like. I think casting James Earl Jones was a mistake um, because the way he delivers the lines in the original, when the words are the same and he doesn't deliver them the same, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't work well. And uh, yeah, Beyonce is just not very good as Nala. Like, and, and I don't think Donald Glover is very good as Simba. Like, I just, It's not so much what they do with those characters that I have a problem with. I just don't think those performances are Hang on, are question good. for the ages. Matthew Broderick or uh, Donald Glover? I'm going to go Matthew Broderick. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I'm going better than Transformers. I thought it was fun. Chiwetel Ejiofor as Scar and Billy Eichner as Timon. Great. Steal the movie. Yep. Uh, Billy Eichner's line of t- um, hire an interior decorator, too many corpses or whatever. Like, that's a great enhancement of a line from the original. And he plays it fantastic. And the taking out the Luau song and including Be Our Guest cracked me up. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. But what really sold the movie for me is I, I watched it first before I showed it to my kids um, because I, with the, like, real animal thing. Yeah, and, yeah. like, my son loves, like, Blue Planet and Planet Earth and shit. He's fine. It was my daughter. I was a little, she's only two. I was a little more concerned with her. And they're like, Austin will watch Planet Earth and he'll be like, Dad, which one do you think is going to die? You think the snake's going to die or you think the iguana's going to die? Oh, he's dead. The snake's dead. Like, he's fine. But my daughter, not so much. And so I watched it first to kind of like, you know, see where she fell on it. And so we were, I was like, okay, it's fine. We can watch it. So I started it and I turned to my kids and I just watched them watch it. And as soon as the music starts, they automatically know it's Lion King. Mm. But then when they start seeing the animals, Austin goes, dad, it's Lion King, but with real animals. It's Lion King, but no movie animals. These are real animals. And that's what it's about. Yeah, like, yeah. That's who it's for. For sure. And they knock it out of the park. If that's what they're trying to do. Mission accomplished. They got it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Good time. Good deal. That was it. You know, I, I hadn't mentioned this in a while, but I've been rewatching uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, too. And you talked about the first season. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed watching the first season, I think, a lot because those were the ones I was the youngest when mm-hmm. I watched them just because of how time works. So I had a connection <laughs> to them. But also, I um, it's fun watching the adults, seeing them learn how to make that show yep. and learn how those characters... Like, like, during the first episode, like Brent Spiner does not know how to play Data mm-hmm. at all. And about halfway through the season is really where he learns to play him and yep. stuff like that. But I, I've gotten to the point where I'm uh, up to the last season, so I've also started flip-flopping watching DS9 with it, too. So I'm kind of going to... I'm trying to watch all the Star Trek I can before Picard comes out, but I'm really enjoying doing it. Yeah. So, uh, I know, almost bought Discovery today. It was on sale at Barnes & Noble, and I have yet to watch it. Uh, but I just can't make myself... I just can't make myself do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm the least interested in Discovery just because it's I'm over that time frame, really. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm still trudging through that, and that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, we watched some more Looking. I, I like that show, particularly in the second season. Uh, in the first season, it's obvious that it wants to be a comedy or at least have comedy elements, but the jokes don't always land. In the second season, the jokes land more. Also, the most dislikable character in the show 
gets a new love interest in this, and the love interest is more likable, so it makes him more likable. Mm. So overall, it makes the show more enjoyable. And you get to see uh, Scott Bakula make out with a dude. So if you were ever watching Quantum Leap and thought it was a cop-out that in the episodes where he played a woman, he didn't have to kiss somebody, here's your treat. He makes up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I, I read a few comics. Uh, there's an X-Men spinoff called Marauders, that I thought was going to be super stupid. It seemed like a dumb concept. X-Men on a boat. And I don't really like the writer who writes it, Gary Duggan. His stuff is usually really mediocre, but I actually liked it a whole lot. And finally, read a Spider-Man comic called uh, Spider-Man Full Circle, which is a hoot, and I highly recommend it. It's like quadruple size, so it's like fairly expensive, but it's basically four different creative teams just do a round robin of one guy starts it, then the next <laughs> goes from there. And these guys really get how to make use of that. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, this guy starts this thing. Well, I definitely need to carry that on, but I also need to leave some things for the yeah, next yeah, guy yeah, and yeah. stuff. So it, a highly, Spider-Man Full Circle, highly recommend it. Maybe they should have wrote Star Wars. They, uh, that's what basically <laughs> it was. It was all the things that Ryan Johnson didn't get about that time. Yeah, right. Now. Did you read DC comic called Robin's War? I didn't. I, it's written by Tom King, I guess. And so I just read Heroes in Crisis. So right. I was. It was on sale for like four bucks at Barnes and Noble. Mm. But I turned it over and saw it. And I was like, ugh. I'm curious. I know Tom King is writing good shit, but I couldn't make myself even spend $4 on it. I, I don't even remember this existing. Yeah, I guess it's right after Batman comes back from the dead. Right. And all the Robins are gone for some reason. And there's like a revolt in Gotham. And, and, and basically what they do with Joker... Robin is that. He's the voice of the revolt and stuff. I do remember. I didn't read it, but I remember this happening. Yes. Hmm. I may check that out. Fair enough. I finally got around to watching Yesterday with the Wife. Hey! Which I think think is finally the four of us, and in, in a rare thing that's not a Marvel movie, I think we all agree it's better than Transformers. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, you know, Danny Boyle makes a good movie. Mm. It makes me want to go back to our Danny Boyle episode because it was one of those things where I don't remember who I picked, but I feel like I'm happy if, if I, you told me I picked either one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, liked, uh, I liked the characters. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where I don't feel like there's a spectacular amount of depth to it. It was just fun. Yeah, yeah. it's just a good time. Yeah, um, and I was, I was saying to, uh, to Val after we finished that I feel like the high concept w- plays well in rom-com specifically because uh, it reminded me of uh, oh, an anime movie I watched called Your Name, which is a body-switching rom-com, essentially, um, in that I feel like one of the problems with rom-coms and one of the things that got so tiresome over time is that it always feels really... Con- like, all the conflicts to keep them from being together feel really contrived. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you put in this, like, ludicrous world-bending element, you're already stretching that, like, you know, belief of this is kind of the real world, but it's kind of not the real world. So those, like, ridiculous situations don't seem quite as ridiculous. And so I feel like that, I mean, I, I don't, I think the, the leads are charming enough that if you put them in, in a regular rom-com, they probably would have been okay. But I feel like that, I don't know, it, it gives it some air to, uh, to feel a little bit more novel than it would. Right. We've said this a lot on this show, but this movie's fucking great. It's probably ended up being my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, I mean, up until Knives Out and Star Wars, uh-huh. right now, Yesterday is in charge. Yeah. Oh, and Jojo Rabbit and 
The Lighthouse. There's several movies I'm pretty excited for. When does Jojo Rabbit come out? Also soon. Yeah. I don't know what was my favorite movie this year. I have to think about that. Um, and the other thing that came out, so look, I had fully intended to uh, kind of like Hurt's doing now is, is to do all of BoJack Horseman before I watched the new season of BoJack Horseman that came out this Friday. Uh, I started way too late. Right. Uh, so I, oh, I'm, I'm like at the end of the first season right now, and I was going to like, no, I'll just wait. And then it came out, and I had to watch it. Uh, so I watched the whole thing. It's, uh, it, <laughs> it's, uh, it was only eight episodes, and then they're going to release, yeah. I'm, I don't know how many episodes, in January for the second half of the season. And it's spectacular. Uh, it, it's, it's a show that I've consistently said is not for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's one of the most cleverly just created shows. I mean, written, like directed, like it, it, it looks good. All, all the writing's good. All the acting's really good. It's funny. Uh, like the first three seasons of it, I think are, are fantastic. The fourth season is pretty good. The fifth season I thought was the weakest one. So I was concerned coming into this one. That it was, you know, going to continue the trend. I was going to see it through. It's the last season anyway, but it's great. I really, really dig it. I thought for a second that they were angling for just like, okay, they're going to do like a lot of closure things. Mm-hmm. And they definitely are in the sense that they've brought like all the guest stars back from right. like previous seasons. Um, and it seemed like it was going that direction. And then it takes a turn in the last episode back to normal Bojacky things. It's great. I highly recommend it. Do you ever let the. Like, you know, have Netflix on pause and then that screensaver comes on where they show all the pictures of the various shows. Have you noticed that they have now, they'll have like a three-word description of each show? I haven't noticed that, but yeah. Bojack's is literally something like comedy, dark, hopeless. (laughs) Or something like that. Uh, uh, Yeah, so I thought that was funny. Also, in a lot of those... They use the word forceful as a descriptive word, and I don't know how that describes a show. I have never seen that. I mean, it's also one of those things is the algorithm do it specifically for you. Are you watching yeah, forceful just, shows? Maybe I'm watching forceful shows. That, you know, uh, that could be it. But uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's most of what my time's been. I already, I mean, I'm excited to continue my rewatch and get back to rewatch this bit of the season again before January. When the second half comes out, are you going to rewatch the whole thing? No, I'm, I'm going to continue the, this okay. rewatch because it's going to take me another month, yeah. probably. Because I got Critical Role to watch, too, you know? It's yep, just, I gotta watch today's episode. It's a, it's a lot of time. Have you watched Undeadwood? I've, I'm almost done with the first episode. Yeah. So Critical Role is doing a Deadwood tribute. Oh, right on. Role-playing game. But it's also kind of um, horror-ish. There, yeah. There are <laughs> no, like it is. supernatural elements to it. Right. Yeah. But the characters from the show are characters in the game and stuff like that that they interact with. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I might check that yeah. out. That's pretty cool. It's called Undeadwood. 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 Oh, I did want to say another thing. Um, I found a new podcast this week. Um, I'm Real a big, phonies. Yeah. We combine a love for movies it. and television with not yeah. a lot of actual knowledge about movies or television. I, uh, I'm a big fan of The Office. I just rewatched it not too long ago. Uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey have a new podcast called Office Ladies, where they break down each episode, and uh, it's very, very interesting to hear how hear them talk about their experience filming the Office. Yes, yeah, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're only the third episode comes out on Wednesday, and I do recommend going back and watching the show with them because you will notice things that you never would before. Um, for example, Meredith, not in episode one. The building is not the office building. Oh, right on. Todd Packer on the phone is not the same Todd Packer, but I promise you would not re- recognize that at the time. Like, mm. There's just a lot of, like because they didn't know if they were right. going to make any more. And uh, it's almost a 
straight adaptation of the first episode of The Office. And um, there's, there's just a lot of like really good, really interesting bits about it. Hmm. The second episode, Diversity Day. Diversity Day is one of the best episodes of the show. Totally. Hearing them talk about like this, that's how, you, that's how they sell the show. Watch Diversity. If you can make it through Diversity Day, you can watch the show. Right. But yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Um, but I think that's it for this week. We are so bad about planning for next week. Cool, yeah, we'll be doing something next week uh, post-Halloween. We'll figure it out. Uh, In the meantime, thank you guys for listening. Please uh, like and subscribe and rate and tell your friends. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us and tell us the horror movies that you love that are not actually that scary or the horror movies that you love that would scare the shit out of us that we are never going to watch, you can reach us at realphonies at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thank you to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.